Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 412, recorded live on May 16th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who still really wants me to play Heroes of the Storm, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who seems to game when nobody else is gaming, Andy Lowe. Hi. When do you game? In the morning, on the weekends, when I guess everybody else is asleep. Yes. But I would wake up. Are, are you... Are you... Are you going to game tomorrow morning, Sunday morning? I'm not sure. I need to actually start running on Sunday mornings is what I need to do. Oh, uh, well, that's that's counter to playing games. and I know. Physical games. fitness. The bane yeah. of video games. Damn it. That's fine. I have to, like, actually clean up the house and mow the lawn. Dave has to act like an adult. I know. How's your electric lawnmower going, by the way? The lawnmower is great. The batteries are having a little problem. Hmm. Uh, one of the batteries won't charge. Didn't you get this last year? Yes, I am a little ticked off. Is there a warranty on the batteries? actually a four-year warranty. Well, good. But the number to call is in the Eastern Time Zone from 8 to 5 on the weekdays. They have no online presence? None that would be worth contacting. Wow. I've never understood that. I feel like every company now should at least have some minimal online presence. Like, let me send you an email? Yes. Yeah, but even then, the, the companies that do that, you send them an email, they say, oh, cool, our customer service agent will get in touch with you. Like, but, but I, I can't, I don't have time to be on the phone with you. When your customer service agents are at work, I'm at work. Yeah. And the lawnmower just is not a high enough priority to stop my work. It's a lawnmower. It's not a life or death situation. Yeah. Unless you're in a homeowner's association, then... Because <laughs> you have to keep your lawn nice and trimmed. Otherwise, you'd get fined. Yeah. Oh, HOAs. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I'd get fined. I think I'd just get funny looks from my neighbors. Are, do you actually belong to a homeowner's association? I don't think so. Well, you, you would know because they would ask you for... Money. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I am. But that's good. I don't like them, as you can tell. I, I can indeed. But yeah, uh, you should play Heroes of the Storm. I'll get around to it when I get around to it. All right. And right now, I am definitely not getting around to it. Too many other things going on? Yeah. What's your next race? Uh, I've decided I'm going to hold off on all races until uh, Detroit in October. Oh, wow. But that's the marathon, and so my training plan is like 20 some odd weeks long and so that's going to start up in a month yeah so you've got a month well i need to actually start running so i don't kill myself right away isn't that the point of a 20 week training session yes but even then the training the training session set up so you have at least some baseline and i have zero baseline so so you need to train to train Yes, but this one is just getting in the groove of Isn't, getting up in the morning, going well, but, out running, just so I can get like a baseline and just get the get the but, habit in place before I actually... That's part of training, though. I mean, isn't that, that just make your training like a 24-week training program? Yes. So you should really just say you have a 24-week training program. Okay, I have a 24-week training program. There you go, that you need to get started on soon. Yes. Lame. What? Physical fitness is lame? Okay, let's be honest. There is a difference between physical fitness and running a marathon. True. One does require the other. I will not debate that. You do have to be physically fit to run a marathon. 
But just because you can't run a marathon does not mean you're not physically fit. No. Just want to make that clear. Physically fit people who would not be able to run a marathon. There are Olympic athletes who would not be able to run a marathon. Right. But like even even Olympic athleticism is not a requirement for physical fitness. Yeah, it depends on what physical what Olympic sport you're playing. Well, no, again, like physical fitness is, is pretty much a requirement for the Olympic sporting. But Olympic sporting is not a requirement of physical fitness. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I got that one backwards. Yeah. Like, I don't think I will ever be in shape enough to to compete in anything seriously. That doesn't mean I'm not fit. Oh, speaking of competitions, did you submit your things for Brian's thing? I did not. Couldn't (gasps) think of anything. So I'll see what other people submitted. Well, you, you have to submit your own first, I do believe. Do I? I think so. I don't know. Bri will tell us probably when he listens to this. Very true. But yeah, no, I've already submitted my five events. What five did you submit? Oh, you're actually asking me to remember something? Yes. Oh, God damn it. Well, you seem um, to remember what time we record. Well, that's also because I've got a, it set up on my calendar as a weekly event. Okay. What did I say? Let me look. Nope, that's wrong inbox. Come on, switch over. There we go. Correct inbox. And then sent mail. Uh-huh. One mile run. Okay. 50-yard swim. Okay. Super Mario Brothers speed run. <laughs> Since, you know, you're the only one who's actually finished Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Okay. Jigsaw puzzle. Okay. And the New York Times crossword puzzle. Okay. It's all seem like things you have an advantage in, Andy. Yes. Yes, it does. Like every one of those? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Well, if I remember correctly, it's everybody submits five, and then he's going to randomly pick 13 out of the five, if I'm reading his email correctly. Mm. Yeah. Everyone provide a list of five events by the 31st. From that list, we'll randomly pick 13 events to compete. Okay. So it's like our head-to-head, but on a grander scale. Yeah. So it would be fortuitous for you to be have some of your items that you know you have an advantage in to be picked. Assuming I, I participate. Yes. That is also you. If you do not participate, then this does not matter. Right. So, so yeah. Should we talk about gaming then if we want to, you know, talk about competitions and such? Okay. What do we have for gaming topics? I don't know. I just automatically opened up Facebook instead of our page. Just like by habit. Yes, just by habit is open up Chrome, Facebook. Okay, well, first one, I mean, the very first topic is Assassin's Creed. Yes, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Used to be known by Victory, but now it's Syndicate. Uh Uh-huh. Victorian-era London. How much do you want to bet you meet Jack the Ripper? Oh, I don't doubt. Well, when was Jack the Ripper? Because this one says it's... They have said that it's going to start in 1868 and end in 1868, so there's none of the whole bouncing the clock all over the place. Uh, Jack the Ripper was 1888. Ooh. So, nope, you will not meet Jack the Ripper, because they tend to try to keep him relatively historical accurate. Yeah. So, they're, uh, so yeah, Victorian-era London, so you know there's going to be a lot of probably steampunk-type inventions in there mm-hmm. for your assassin to use. Uh, two playable characters, a brother and a sister. Ooh. Twin siblings. So um, there are missions that involve one of them specifically, but there is also you can pick which one you want to use while exploring the world. Are they going to have, like, different abilities? Yes. It is not just a costume change. They will actually have different abilities that complement their personalities. So you could go, 
And maybe this one mission, granted, none of the details are out there, but maybe a mission is better suited for Evie than Jacob. And so you'd pick her for a mission rather than Jacob. So we'll see. Maybe it's like bronze versus speed sort of thing. Bronze, brawn. Brawn, yes. Brawn versus bronze. Mm. Bronze. Stupid English language. There's going to be plenty of it. I was drinking at the time, Dave. Yay. It's my goal. I'd like, I'd love to get Andy to actually do a spit take sometime on this show. Not necessarily this episode, but sometime on the show. Did I ever tell you about the Mountain Dew incident or no? The Mountain Dew incident? Yes. Ah, go for it. Okay. Uh, I forgot who I was hanging out with, but at some point we were trying to do some sort of like, you know, you have the the gallon milk challenge where you're trying to drink a gallon of milk. Yeah. I know someone who can do it. Yeah. Uh, We were trying to do that with a two liter of Mountain Dew. Okay. So um, everybody started chugging it and I was like the last one to finish. So everybody else starts doing like the chug, chug, chug and they're trying to make me laugh and stuff there. And I'm sitting here like trying to chug a Mountain Dew and, you know, not spit up everywhere. So I'm trying to hold it in there and it actually starts to come out my nose. (laughs) Mountain Dew coming out of your nose can't be a very pleasant experience. All that carbonation and the bubbles. It was horrible. Oh. Oh, super painful. Yeah? Why were you trying to chug a two liter of Mountain Dew? This was like middle school, high school time, so who knows why. Ah, so you were being an idiot. Yes. Okay, just double checking. So they're bringing back the idea where you have to take over certain parts of the town. That went away. So you have to, you you and your gang have to fight back against the oppressive order and take back each little neighborhood. Okay. It's been a long time since I've played an Assassin's Creed game. All right, well then, here's the big surprise. Wait, like spoiler surprise? No. Okay. There is no co-op, and there is no multiplayer. That is not... why. What? That's a surprise? Since, you know, the last Assassin's Creed Unity had multiplayer and was a co-op game? I mean, again, the last Assassin's Creed game I really played was, like, two. Oh. Well, they said they're going back to their roots on this one, so... So it'll be more like two. Yes. Okay. But yeah, now that was a big surprise, where there's like, oh yeah, you can you can assassinate with your friends, you're in the live co-op, and then there's the whole multiplayer and everything, and then this one comes out, and they're like, yeah, we threw that out the window. Good for them. I hope it, I hope it pays out. It's I'm always really a risk. I'm curious about this, the, the, the era of this one, though, because... The 1860s? Well, like that whole actual Victorian and, you know, starting to move into the Edwardian era. Yes, there is an Edwardian era. Well, because there was Edward yeah. after Victoria. Yeah. So, yes, there was an Edwardian area. Era. Ah, era. See, you are even having trouble with the English language. I have been having trouble speaking all week. All week. It has been terrible. <sighs> and we're only how far into the podcast? About if, 10 minutes or so. If that. So I think the rest of the podcast is just going to be Andy and I speaking gibberish, which really probably isn't that different than normal. Oh. Ow. Self-burn. So you remember there's a Futurama episode where uh, Fry talks about making out with this radiator woman from the radiator world? No. Okay. There's an episode, it's like in season one, where Fry makes out off 
off camera, he comes back. He's like, all right, well, I just made out with that radiator woman from the radiator planet. And then Leela says, Fry, that was a radiator. And so his response <laughs> is, is there a burn ward within 10 feet of here? Which in itself is a double joke, right? Yeah. Because A, he was burned from making out with a radiator. And B, it's a burn, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a, oh, several seasons later, I think it was three seasons later, uh, they're doing Fry's funeral. And the an, an Amazon woman is like, oh, you know, he make good snoo snoo, and all the former girlfriends and and women that he's supposedly had sex with throughout the show are like, meh. And sitting next to all the women is a radiator. Oh, which just kind of makes a, a little noise. Three seasons. That's what's awesome about that show. Gotta love Futurama. Did you see that they had that whole brand new start to finish pack? No. Oh yeah, they had a box set that was all the episodes now. <gasps> oh man, that's gotta cost Amazon. like three hundred dollars. It was like the it was like a gold box deal sort of thing. That's gotta be so expensive. I don't remember what it was. All right, more video games. Yes, Eve. Yes. So. I think it was last year or two years ago, Eve was part of these 14 games that were uh, uh, an exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art. Okay. So some of them, you could actually like play the games. Like One of the games was like it was a little five-minute game there, so you could play the entirety of the game. Some of them, you could play sections of the game, but like the big games, like Eve, they did little like videos and that sort of stuff there mm-hmm. as part of the exhibit. Well, um, the Museum of Modern Art has decided to make the EVE Online exhibit a permanent fixture. That's cool. That's so EVE cool. is actually going to be as a permanent fixture in the Museum of Modern Art. Games are art, man. Which, if you actually want to watch the video that was made, it's like an eight-minute video for this thing there that described exactly like what EVE is like. And some of the visuals they have there is just like shows the scale of EVE, which is the scale of most MMOs, but still, it's... I don't know, I'd, I'd say EVE actually is a larger scale than most MMOs. Even though it's fewer players, the scale is much larger. Well, especially since everybody's on one quote One centralized server. server. Yeah. I feel like to break into that game, you need to get a group of ten friends all entering at the same time with a mentorship from existing players. <laughs> well, I know one person who at least know, knows EVE forwards and backwards. Your boss? Yeah. Who has, like, four accounts? Something like that. I think he's actually been playing World of Tanks a lot more recently, though, so... Lame. He probably still has his EVE accounts, he's just... I know he's been playing a lot of World of Tank recently. <laughs> is that basically, like, Battle Zone is an MMO? Pretty much, yeah. You, everybody's driving around in tanks, and, you know, you're just... Got teams facing off against each other. It is a World of Tanks. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'm very... Uh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm happy that the the MoMA has done this. That's awesome. Yeah. Another video game top. Man, we are just hitting these. Facebook. Yes. Mark Zuckerberg, during a town hall Q&A, was asked about his advice on parents and children playing video games. And he advised parents, hey, you should let your kids play video games. Letting them play around with stuff is one of the best things you can do, he said. Did someone follow up with, like, what games? Because letting your 13-year-old play Call of Duty on Xbox Live is very different than letting them play Minecraft. Yeah, very true. Well, but, so did he? Uh, no. Or did they? No, he just said let them play games. Okay, so his quotes are, letting them play around with stuff is one of the best things that you can do. 
That's true of Legos and wooden in, blocks, too. What? It's true of Legos and wooden blocks. Yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg said he played video games as a child, and he built them, too. He built a snowball fighting video game. It was a terrible game, but he said it got him into programming. He said, I do think this dynamic around kids growing up, building games and playing games, is, imp- is an important one because I think this is how a lot of kids get into programming. I definitely would not have gotten into programming if I had not played games as a kid. He says he encouraging says encouraging kids to build games could get more women and minorities into programming. Most of the engineers I know who are some of the best engineers in the world are self-taught. So I feel like he's kind of pointing things towards Minecraft rather than Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm going to buy my kids Legos. I'm going to let them play games. There's going to be Minecraft. Yeah, whatever. I feel like that needs the caveat. Both of us, I think, agree that, you know, Minecraft is better than Call of Duty. I mean, unless I want to raise a a professional gamer. (laughs) Like, all right, you're four. It's time to sit down and let's talk about camping. Will we get to go outside? No. (laughs) No. Outside is a dangerous and terrible place. Now, okay, that also brings up the point, though, that we should also be raising well-rounded children. You should actually, you know, send them outside. But outside is dangerous and terrible. Teach, yes, them how to, the, teach them how to garden, teach them how to start fires. Yes. It's always that favorite scene that I had from Big Bang Theory where all of them are driving to, um, I think it was the guy who stole Sheldon's stuff in World of Warcraft, I think. And they're all driving a car, and the car randomly conks out, and all of them go like, oh, sitting Somebody know how the car works, and they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah. uh, They all agree that they know how to work. And then the next follow-up question is, anybody know how to fix it? And they're just like, no. (laughs) Three physicists and an engineer. Yeah. And their car breaks down. What are they going to do? I don't know. Call AAA. Well, they actually called Penny, but. Call AAA. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Or call a mechanic or learn how to fix a car. So the things is people, like he said here, engineers are self-taught. Well, yes, I, but playing video games is a small fraction of the knowledge that you need well, to be. They, they weren't self-taught by playing video games. No. They were self-taught because they wanted to learn more and they sought the information out because they played video games. The games were not the method of instruction. The games were the motivation. In any case, there is more video game stuff because yeah. Windows... Uh, made an announcement, Microsoft made an announcement about Windows 10. Oh? That in addition to the standards like Solitaire and Minesweeper, Candy Crush Saga... What? ...will come pre-installed on Windows 10 machines. Oh, that's asking for trouble. Candy Crush Saga... There is a reason why I do not have any of the games pre-installed on the Windows 7 boxes at work. Well, I'm sure for for businesses, you'll be able to remove it. Yes. Just like you did with Solitaire and Minesweeper. But still, God, it comes pre-installed? That's, oh. Candy Crush Saga. That's asking for trouble, That's what that is. That's, oh, why? Why would you make that deal? Why would you do that? Because somebody wanted to pay Microsoft some money. It's not like people are going to buy Windows because it has Candy Crush. No, but Candy Crush, or who was, that's King, right? Yeah. King said, hey, how much will it cost us for you guys to pre-install Candy Crush Saga on your computers? Yeah, probably. I hope it was a lot. 
I hope it was an incredible amount of money that they will never, ever see again. Except we both know they're going to see it. Candy Crush on Windows 10. I still have not played this game, so I don't know how to... I, I have stayed far away from it. Far, far, far away from it. Granted, I am going to try... Um, what is it? A Marvel Puzzle Quest? I'm going to try that game out, finally. I, I've i got it on Steam. It's okay. It's not great. Well, I'm going to try it out see what it's like. Yeah, go for it. Since you know it is free. So. Yep, well, freemium. Yeah. Freemium is not free. Well, it is if you decide, first and foremost, to not spend any money. Yes. How's Plants for Zombies 2? Oh, I've uninstalled that game. Yeah. Why Why did you uninstall it, Andy? Um, Because when I transferred phones, the save game did not transfer. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do I have to start over? Yes. Oh, God, no. Just get out of it. Not going to happen. Um, Tons of gaming news this month, actually. It's mm-hmm. kind of a return to our source. What else do we want to talk about? What else do I got here gaming-wise? Well, we, we can continue with Windows 10 and deviate from gaming for just a little bit. Um, if you recall, Microsoft had said, hey, uh, if you have Windows 7 or Windows 8, then it'll be a free upgrade to Windows 10. Yes. People went nuts. People loved it. And then someone asked, like, well, what about pirated copies of Windows 7? And Microsoft said something along the lines of, if you have a copy of Windows 7, you get a free upgrade to Windows 10. Okay. And people were like, holy crap, does that mean that people with pirated copies of Windows 7 is going to get a free upgrade to Windows 10? Yeah. And Microsoft kind of stayed silent on it, which led people to believe, yeah, that if you have a pirated copy of Windows 7 or Windows 8, you get a free upgrade to Windows 10. That's not entirely true. Oh? You do not get a free upgrade to Windows 10 for pirates. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good for Microsoft. So what does happen? Uh, nothing. You you don't get to upgrade. Well, no, this one says here, if Windows can't verify that your PC is running a version of Windows without a genuine license, your desktop will be marred with a watermark warning your, you of your PC's unofficial state, and then non-genuine Windows will not be supported by Microsoft or a trusted partner. So wait, does it not upgrade you at all and then say, hey, this is not an official version, or does it upgrade you and say, hey, this is not an official uh, version? I don't know. Not really sure. It's not the most clear thing. All I know is I'm probably not going to even worry about it. When Windows 10 comes out, I will purchase it. Yeah. Legally. Or I'll just take my Windows 7 license off of my laptop here that's not working and use that Windows license and then get a free upgrade. Yeah, I can't imagine how many licenses I have of various Windows products that like would qualify me for various upgrades. I've bought a lot of Windows. Yeah. Especially Windows 7. That's what I actually need to do that at work. I need to take one of our Windows 7 boxes and then take the license and then upgrade it to Windows 10 just to see what we're going to be getting into. Well, Dev Preview is out. I know. So it's one of those things that I need to do, but then I kind of want to get rid of all our XP computers first. I wonder how they're going to verify genuine license. Well, it's that Microsoft Genuine Advantage thing, right? Right, but most of the cracks right now get through that. All right, well, then they should probably work. So that means that pirated stuff would be able to be upgraded. If they have the pirate ability to pass as genuine advantage or genuine Windows. I'm just going to buy Windows 10. Not going to worry about it. <laughs> or I'll take uh, Windows 7 off of my Alienware. Yeah, that's like just use, take use Windows 7 one. off of a computer you're not going to use anymore, and there, boom, you got your Windows 10. Yep. 
Uh, then I have to worry about the Windows 10 hardware and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, speaking of hardware, Oculus Rift. Yes, the hardware requirements are out since they have announced that, you know, they're going to be selling them to the public next year. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. What do I need? What do I need? You need uh, NVIDIA GTX 970 or AMD 290, Intel i5, and 8 gigabytes of RAM, which means 64-bit architecture, which I think everything is hopefully 64-bit architecture at this point. Pretty much. Most of the chips are. Yeah. Uh, okay. You also need, um, what was it, talking about a couple of uh, USB 3.0 ports and an HDMI port, HDMI 1.3 output. How do I know if I have that? Well, you'll have to look up your graphics card um, support information to see. Okay. I have a GTX 9800, I think, or 980. It might just be a 980. So I, I pass that. I have a Core i7. I pass that. I have a lot more than 8 gigabytes of RAM, so I think I'm pretty good. Do you have the right USB ports? And you also just... They said the last one's kind of tricky with that HDMI port because uh, most external video output connected to an integrated GPU and drive the external output via hardware uh, can't support it. So you gotta. Well, that's for an integrated GPU. Okay. Right. Yes. So be- that's that's for laptops. That's laptops oh. where you have a, a GPU and the video output, and the video output usually goes to the internal GPU, not the discrete GPU. Okay. So I have let's see hardware system summary. 16 gig of RAM is a check. And where is my display? There we go, display. Uh, Yep, I have a GTX 980, and I'd have to look up to see what the HDMI port is, but I'm pretty sure it would be fine. Probably. Cool. I am equipped for an Oculus. I am not, but that's because, you know, You're using a laptop? Yeah. You're going to take Bry up on his offer and go over and see what his Oculus is like? Probably. When did they say it's for sale? Next year, what, the quarter one of 2016, I do believe. So close. So far away. Mm-hmm. E3 is around the corner. What? E3 is around the corner. Yes. Any announcements? Next month? Yep. Well, we'll find out when, you know, E3 actually happens. Well, but usually companies, like, announce things leading up to E3, like, we're going to have a press conference, or we're not having a press conference, or we're not attending the show. Well, let's see. Okay, so press conference schedule at E3. Bethesda is on Sunday. Monday Mm -hmm. is Microsoft, Electronic Arts, Ubisoft, and Sony. And Tuesday is Square Enix, Nintendo, and the PC Gaming Show. Kind of curious about what Bethesda is planning on showing. Is that the new Fallout? Uh, That would be really cool. Yeah, I think Fallout 4 is going to be announced, supposedly. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh... Crap. Well, there goes my probably winter. If they announce it in June, it'll probably be out by Christmas. Because the Sunday conference is, is pretty... I mean, it's not very... It, it happens, but it's not usual. No. Right? Most of them wait until the actual convention. Yeah. All right. So that's Bethesda, and that's E3, and some cool stuff coming there, and Oculus with the requirements. What else we got? Uh, what else we got here? Oh, speaking of uh, out west, Nevada has passed a Senate bill through the House and the Senate. Senate Bill Nye, 9, sorry, not Bill Nye, <laughs> bill, bill number 9. Yes. Um, allows 
skill-based gambling to be incorporated into the design of gambling devices. Wait. What does that mean is, okay, you're playing slots, and then you hit a jackpot of some kind. Everybody will still get the jackpot amount, but then there will be a skill-based bonus round Ooh. that you could use, you know. Like they have examples of like a driving section, a first-person shooter section, space-based shoot 'em up so like, what, Asteroid? Uh, Galaga. Galaga, okay. So, yeah, like Galaga, built in there as a bonus section. So you could win the jackpot plus more if your skills are good enough. So the idea is, basically, this could open the door for video game and other gaming uh, licensed names to be used for slot machines. That's kind of cool. It's a, a neat way to handle things like video poker. But also, that's really mean. I'm not a fan, Vegas. Because, you know, you go from Call of Duty to Call of Duty slots, that's that's a, that's a slippery slope. That's a jump, there. right? That, that's a bit of a jump. I don't know. I feel like the, you, should, you shouldn't make gambling more like video games. Should you make video games more like gambling? How would you do that? What, having to pay extra for little bits of, you know, the game? Oh, wait, they do that. Yeah. Oh, seems uh, Konami is already behind it because, you know, they already have a gambling presence. Oh, because they do all this stuff in Japan. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. God, this is going to be... Uh, uh, eh, I don't think too much will, ha- will come of it. Yeah. We'll say it now and then probably totally forget about it forever until something happens. Yes. Right? It won't be one of those back in the head, like, I wonder what's going on with X. No, it's, it's just not going to be there. Until someone finds a way to rig it or someone wins a shit ton of money because they're really good. Yes. It, it, it's just going to fade away. Unlike this artificial intelligence poker player. Yes. So we talked about how there was a massive human versus AI poker tournament going on there, right? Correct. Well, the results have been tallied. The poker tournament is over. And after two days of poker, like literally like wall-to-wall poker... The humans have won. Yay! Poker we put players off singularity. Had, what? We've put off singularity. Yay! So they had the top players had a collective lead of $732,713 over the artificial intelligence. So the artificial intelligence played 20,000 hands with each of the pros in the two-player game. No actual wagering took place. So, like, it was just virtual. It was like credits. No actual money. money. It was play money. It was monopoly. It was just monopoly money. Yeah. So, the humans won. But according to them, if you actually compare it to the whole amount of money that was spent, it was basically statistically a draw between the humans and the AI. But the humans had more money. Yes. But the amount of money that was actually wagered through the entire event, that $732,713 difference between the players and the AI was basically a statistical draw. It was within the margin of error with the amount of money that was going on there. How much money? I'm trying to find the, the, the play like, money total. Was there millions and millions of dollars? Probably. I see. So it's because it's it's the percentage that the humans made of the the total amount that there was is so low. Yes. Some of the some of the computer uh, programs are a little iffy with its betting, though, which I find kind of funny. You're reading the betting nineteen thousand to win a seven hundred dollar pot. Yeah. 
That one makes you wonder, what happened in that algorithm? Well, my question is, did it win the pot? It probably won the pot, but still, betting 19000 no, in the pot, that's... No, I don't care what the algorithm says. If it won the pot, it was the right move. This is the thing that I... I it annoys other people when I play poker with them, because I do shit like that. If you do things completely out of the norm, but if it still comes out with the correct solution... Then it was the right thing to do. I piss off poker players because I play not poker. I play, I'm going to do what is is optimal situation for me. Well, we'll see. But I still find that funny. Everybody's like, oh yeah, the humans won, and the mathematicians are like, well, actually... No, no, they didn't. They, they tied. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. Yep. So, uh, hang on one sec. I'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, moving on. Yes. We have tons of hacking stuff. Lots of hacking. Any more game things to wrap up? Xbox One outsold the PS4 for the month. Well, that's good. I guess. I, I feel like it's a little, you know, too little too late. PS4 Yay, is Xbox sold. One outsold the PS4. That's probably because everybody who's got a PS4 has already bought it by this point. Right, like anyone who wants a PS4 has a PS4. Yeah. Uh, World of Warcraft just lost 100,000 people. Yes, because of a ban of a third-party piece of software. So there is a bot called Honor Buddy that you could purchase and use, and it would play PvP Battlegrounds in World of Warcraft. Yes. And it, it was really famous because Blizzard knew people were using it, but couldn't identify it. They even tried to take the, the software program creator to court in Germany, and turns out they, they actually lost that court battle. Wow. Oops. But they finally figured something out because they just banned 100,000 people. Now, mind you, this ban is only for six months, but still. 100,000 people. For six months. All of whom were botting. Yes. Most of whom were using Honor Buddy. The so, creator. Yeah, Honor, Buddy, Honor Buddy was like, well, we never heard anything about this. And all of a sudden, boom, it's all gone, which means somebody at Blizzard was smart. They decided to hold on to it and try until, until they yep. knew for certain. Yeah. The creator of Honor Buddy has actually said, like, well, that's it. We're done. So it was a good run, but we're we're shutting down. They they figured it out, they worked it out, and now we're done. Yeah. I mean, it just means someone else will come and take that place. As I've seen with most of those third-party WoW apps where it's like, oh, yeah, well, this one gets now got shut down, so somebody will take it and go, well, we can do it this way, yep. and now it works again. But still, that that's really impressive. 100,000 accounts banned for six months. Damn. Really... I feel like those people were lucky uh, because the Blizzard could have actually just permabanned them. Yes. They absolutely could have just permabanned all 100,000. They're like, nope, you're gone. Did you read your terms of service because you're oh, gone? Oh, come on. Did you read them? No. Actually, right. yes. The you wild ones the I did read because I actually did read it because I love going in there. It's like the fact that there, if, if there is a bus strike in another city, you cannot... Um, use that as an excuse to try and sue Blizzard for loss of game time. That's in the terms of service? Yes. Specifically a bus strike? Bus strike, yes. That is specifically named in the terms of service. What else is named in the terms of service? Oh, they they named a bus strike and then power outages and then acts of God. 
Why did they feel like a bus strike had to be? I don't know why a bus strike had to be specifically named, but yes, it was specifically named as a bus strike. If there's a bus strike in there and you lose game was time it, because was of it, it bus you strike cannot... or just like transportation in general? Like, what if I, instead of buses, I have the um, I have a subway system and the subway workers go on strike? I don't think it said no. There was nothing about it. Was specifically bus strike. That's really impressive. Yeah. So yes, I have actually read the terms of service. I feel like that was at one of the points where I'm sitting there waiting for, you know, WoW to do an install. I'm like, sure, why not? Let's see what's in this thing. So speaking of banning people, Mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of videos leaked for the beta test of the Gears of War remake. Side note, really, you're already remaking Gears of War. Isn't that only like, well, no, I guess it's, it's pretty old now. Let's see, Gears of War, when did that first come out? I think we, like, the Xbox One had just come out. First released in 2006. Nine years. Latest release was March 19th, 2013. Yeah, but nine years. That's just nuts, though. But still, like, the the, the series is still going on, so you're just going to just... Is it? Or did they finish it? I thought they had finished it. Maybe they did finish it. But anyway, so there's a new Gears of War game of some type coming out. And so okay. videos were leaked online. Okay. Um, because of that leak, um, Microsoft banned the Xbox Live accounts, as any other suspected accounts present on the Xbox One dev kits that were used for this, mm-hmm. temporarily blocked all of the Xbox One privileges, meaning that for a period of time, which means Microsoft decides on the severity of the offense, the Xbox One is unusable online. Oh, doesn't it need to be online? You know, to download patches and, you know, do anything like play Destiny online. Or play games at all? Well, no, you can still play games unless the game needs to be patched in order to be played. So all the games, because they all require a day zero patch, or day one patch, whichever you want to call it? Well, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) It didn't brick it permanently, but man, you seriously just got crippled. Yeah. Time to go buy a new Xbox One. And this is what happens when you try and leak something and Microsoft says no. <laughs> they will cut you off at the knees. That's, wow. Microsoft can be a little uh, a little harsh there. Well, it's entirely understandable because they are leaking something that is entirely still in beta that they weren't, you know. Is it even in beta or is it still in dev? It's, it's probably still in dev. So yeah, this... Who would do... Who's the idiot who would leak that? I don't know. But... I assume all the videos have been taken down. Oh, probably. You can probably still find them, but... Oh, if, if it's on the internet, somebody's still got a copy of it. Yeah. But man, I didn't realize that Microsoft had that much control over your... Well, granted, all they did was just say, okay, Xbox, nope, you can't get online. Right. And that's, I mean, that goes all the way back to when they first announced the one and they said, all, here's all the stuff that we're going to require. Oh, but they did step back on most of it, right? Yes. Yeah. But still, it's one of those things where people don't realize how much of their gaming life now is not on the box that's in front of them. It's on a box somewhere very, very far away. Yes. So, do you want to talk about um, different hacking things, or what? Yeah, we can, we can start hitting the hacking stuff. Uh, there's a, a Starbucks in hacking, there's planes in hacking. What would you like? We'll talk about the plane ones, because this one's a little freaky. So this is where a, a security researcher claims to have been able to hack and control an airliner in flight. 
Yes. In April, he tweeted a joke about exploiting the flight control vulnerabilities of the plane. His tweet says, find myself on a 737-800. Let's see if box-ife-ice-satcom, comma, question mark. Shall we start playing with the EICAS messages? Pass oxygen on anyone? So he posted that tweet. Um, then he got picked up by the FBI. Yeah. Who confiscated all his stuff. And then they uh, had a warrant pending to search all his devices. And they filed the application. And according to the application, this man was actually able to access the plane's flight system through the in-flight entertainment console in front of him. Which I feel like that is not good. Being able to overwrite code on the aircraft's thrust management computer via your in-flight console little TV screen? That's not so good. No, you should not be able to issue flight commands from a passenger seat. Why are those two devices connected? Why? Because people are stupid. Oh, that's... No, stupid planes. Oh. Cars are doing it too, though. I know cars are doing it too. Yes, right? we talked about that with and the cars. And it's not just the, like because the car, because if you've got a, a Bluetooth receiver on the uh, onboard dash, the OBD2, then you, you've essentially opened up your entire car to remote control. Which is not good. I remember there was a thing with like BMWs that somehow had a thing there where the people could connect via the Bluetooth or something like that. Or I think they actually used a, I think they used a range extender. If I remember correctly, where they they would do like a point the antenna at your house and then point the other one at the car and they would pick up your key signal from inside the house. Yeah. So that you could they could open the car. Yeah. Because the car thought your key was next to it. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a a signal booster. Oh, God. And it wasn't just BMWs. The the cost of that device, by the way, is like thirty bucks. Oh, you've got to be kidding! Well, I don't doubt it because it's just a simple signal repeater. Yep, that's not hard to build at all. <sighs> so I, I guess when you get home, you have to start putting your keys in like a little tin foil box. People say put them in your freezer. In your freezer, because it's supposed to be lined. Yeah, it's a metal lined box. It shouldn't, you know. Bet you you could make a killing selling little Faraday cage boxes for your keys. That'd be interesting. So that, you know, it's it's the little dish that people have next to their door where they put their keys. Yeah. That you would just put this instead. It's like it's like a stylized dish. Right. Where it's got a little lid. Right. It yeah. just happens to also be, you know, completely enclosed with metal. Yeah. No, that could that could that could actually be something. You could actually sell that product. Yeah. But then you also have to tell people why they need to buy this. And that's 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 sewing a lot well, of that's that's easy. You go to like uh Pier One and you say, Look, I need to put this in your store and I need to have a little screen that just plays this video. Yeah. And you just do it like a news report that's on repeat. Or you even find a news report and put it on repeat. Yep. Should I be concerned that the Nutella that's sitting on my desk has a sell by date of twenty thirteen? Are you eating two year old Nutella? Not currently. <laughs> Have you been eating two-year-old Nutella? Um, no, I've been eating Nutella that expired two years old. <laughs> Maybe oh I should stop eating that. Probably. Okay. Didn't know Nutella went bad. Um, so yeah, Starbucks uh, hackers were able to get in via Starbucks gift cards that are automatically set to um, renew. Yeah. 
What did they do with them? Well, so people would, you know, hook up their credit cards to a Starbucks gift card. And so if you run out of money, it would automatically pull money from your account and refill your gift card. Right. So hackers would get your account credentials for your Starbucks account and then be able to pull the money off the gift card somehow. And then it would just automatically refill again and they would pull it again. But how can you just pull the money? Like... You can use it to buy Starbucks. Were they just buying lots of Starbucks? Well, they probably would get all the Starbucks money and then sell it back to people at a lower cost. You're like, hey, here's a $100 Starbucks gift card for $35. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Starbucks is working on fixing that hole. Yeah, I don't think it was even that they were pulling the money off. I, like, they were just selling the the gift cards to other people using it's not, it's someone else's money so they're they're right. selling free money for money right so i i have one of these cards and you get the login credentials and you basically make the card so that you can go to buy starbucks and it's using my card yeah and since my card automatically refills i don't notice it yes unless you pay attention to your bank statement or my starbucks card or your starbucks card yes that is devious. Yes. That is like super, super devious. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, once they are in control of an account, scammers can then transfer the balance to another Starbucks card, which is sold at a discount. Yep. All right. Yep. Super devious. So if you see an online deal for, you know, a Starbucks card for really cheap, might not be entirely legitimate. You might be uh, stealing from someone else. You might be uh, uh, aiding and abetting in a money laundering scheme, basically. It's not cool. No. Don't do it. Nope. So uh, another last little bit here. A, Verizon is buying AOL for $4.4 billion. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about this. Pending, you know, pending the federal approval. I'm a little concerned about this. Last time Verizon owned a media outlet, they prevented that media outlet from writing disparaging stories about Verizon. Who was this one? Who was this one or who is this one? Who was that? uh, Who, yeah, who was, what... Oh, what was the name of it? Verizon Censorship Media. Ah, what was it? Crap, I don't remember what it was called. I know Verizon had one. So, yeah, so this isn't a horizontal um, sort of takeover. This is definitely vertical integration. So Verizon's got the backbone, and then AOL's got all of the web content which, you know, can be put out via Verizon's backbone. So this is, this is just definitely, everybody agrees, vertical integration. But we'll see if the uh, feds approve it, because yes, it still has to be approved. Yep. Kind of hope that it doesn't get approved. means Verizon will then own Engadget. They will own Huffington, uh, Huffington Post. Post. They will own AOL and all of the stuff AOL owns, which is a ton of stuff. I feel like Verizon's kind of following Comcast's uh, plan here. Yeah-ish. We'll see what happens. It's it's pretty similar. Hey, look, a telecom company buys a producer of content. How well did that work out? Please don't let it happen. Please don't let it happen. Please don't let it happen. Solar. Solar yep. power. MIT posted a freaking huge report. 300 plus pages. Okay. Basically stating that within um, 2050... With our current technology, we could produce solar areas that can achieve terawatt scale. How big are these solar areas? 
I have not found that part of the uh, 360 page report that states how big these things are. Because like we could have done that 20 years ago, but the entire state of Nevada would be covered in solar panels. Yes. So kind of hard to say. Moving in the right direction, though. Glad yes. to hear about it. I actually and they considered said that it 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 kind of depends though on the government backing solar. Yeah. Which, which who knows what'll actually happen. Yeah. I was actually considering uh, investigating what it would take to get solar power for this house. You should talk to Anna because she just installed solar panels on her house. Cool. Good for her. And she is also, you know, in the same area-ish of where you are. Uh, same area being 95 miles away? Yes. Hey, man, that's still pretty close. At, Andy, it's like saying that you're in the same area as Bry. True. Yes. Okay, so not as... You're still somebody who's, you know, closer she, than... She's in the same state and is subject to the same laws and tax breaks that I am. Yes. Yes. That is, that is a very good descriptor right there. I would not say she's in the same area-ish. No. Uh, the companies that she's using versus the companies that I would use would be two very different groups. Yes. Because they're 90 miles away from each other. But still, yes, she is still probably under the same laws and tax credits that you would also be under. Yes. Okay. Anyway, random review... Uh, random review. Yeah? It's your turn. It's my turn. Yes. I am going to review, uh, what did I say? It was Neptune 2. I can never remember the name of the damn thing. Neptune's Pride? Two? Neptune's Pride. Triton 2, Neptune's Pride. If I recall, that is the name. Neptune's Pride 2, Triton? Neptune's Pride 2, Triton. See, I can never remember the damn thing. I just have the shortcut on my computer, and then that's all I need to remember. Neptune's Pride 2, Triton, is an online strategy game uh, similar to Risk slash Diplomacy. You, 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 you start with a, basically a star system or a couple star systems, and you have to explore the galaxy by sending ships to other stars and immediately colonizing them once they're there, and then it, it grows from there. So... Uh, actually, if you, if you know games like, uh, Euphoria, did you ever play Euphoria? No, no, I did not. It's, uh, it's where you plant a seed on a planet and then it, that seed turns into a tree, which grows flowers, which you send to other planets. It's basically a, you capture a node, the node becomes production, makes more things to capture more nodes. Okay. Except that other people are doing this as well, and so you have to send your ships to this other node, and they fight with whatever's there, and then the winner gets that node, which then immediately starts producing ships for that player. Gotcha. So there's, there's very little management, micromanagement of like, I want to build this type of building. I want to do... Uh, it's not like Civ. You aren't building walls versus a bank versus a market versus a unit. It's, I want more industry on this planet. There is now more industry on this planet. I want more banking on this planet. There is now more banking on this planet. The thing is with this game is the time scale. This okay. is not a game where you sit down and play it. This is a game where you sit down and take your turn for the next five hours. In fact, each turn each production cycle is one day so you, you have to keep on coming back yes but you don't need to keep coming back within the day you can say uh you know here's the set of orders and you can lay down i want my ship to do this then this then this there's no conditional orders you can't say if this then do that but you can chain orders together there is technology you spend time researching 
but the research happens no matter what, whether you're logged on or not. Hmm. Now, is this specific? I'm looking at their website. So you can do this on my phone as well? Yep. The whole thing was written with HTML5, so any modern browser can play it. And it's actually very well designed for the phone or the tablet or the PC. But this, it's still like I could do one turn on my computer and then do it on my phone? Well, same turn, yeah. Okay. Same game. You could take half your turn on your computer and then finish it on the phone. There's no button that says end turn. Ah. It is a continuous game. It's just each turn is every hour. Each cycle is every day. So you can put in all the commands that you want, and until the hour ticks, until it finishes that hour... You can undo any of them. Gotcha. Well, most of them. You can't most undo of all of them. But the changes don't happen until that hour. No, wait. So are you playing against the computer or are you playing against other people? Other people, except there are AIs. If people drop out, the AI takes over. Hmm. So there is a, a diplomacy aspect of this as well in that you're playing with a bunch of other people. The groups that work together are going to do much better than the groups that try and do it by themselves because you can trade technology. Hmm. It's really fun. It's also free. Oh. There's actually three models. There's the free, there's the subscription, and there's the pay a bunch at once, and then you are a lifetime member. Which one are you? I've been doing it for free. I didn't see a need for the others. Hmm. It's really nice if you can get a group of, like, eight people together to try it. Yes, that's... It it will depend on who you're playing with, yep. I'm guessing. But I played a game. Uh, by the end of the game, there were three human players... Because people just kept dropping out. But the game took about two weeks to play. So that's it. That's Neptune's Pride 2. I liked it. I really want to play it again. Uh, You can have up to three games going simultaneously. I don't think I'd ever want to do that. Because that would just be too much to keep track of and would actually take too much of my time. But with just one game, it's, yeah, I got like five minutes right now. And in a couple hours, I'll log back in because things will have happened. You don't need to make a move every turn. You don't need to log in once an hour. To move from star system to star system usually takes between 5 and 12 hours. So you send your ships out, and you don't need to pay attention to them for 4 hours. Well, that's better. You send your ships on a really long trip, you don't need to log in until the next day. Okay, then. And even then, you don't need to log in, because you can chain commands. So I can say... Go to this planet that's five hours away, and then go to this planet that's another ten hours away, and then go to this planet that's another day away. Hmm. It's really good. God, this is another thing to add to my list of things to do. You should play it with me. You're only allowed to ask me so many things to do. I gave up on the Zelda thing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's why I have this Nintendo controller sitting next to my computer. Yeah, I've given up on that. I should play other Nintendo games, though, now that I have the entire setup. Yep. So. Neptune. Neptune's Pride Pride 2. Triton. Triton. If you're interested in trying it, please let me know and I can organize a game. Okay. So, random topic? Yes. Would you give your co-host an electric shock when they annoyed you during a show if it meant you also gave yourself an electric shock? Now, this question to me is, how bad are these shocks? There's the how bad are the shocks, there's the is the shock I give them the same as the shock I give myself, and do they happen simultaneously, and are they variable? Can I send a strong shock, or a weak shock, or both, or what? That is an excellent question. Because I feel like if I could send a medium shock, 
I can prepare myself for it. Yeah. Right. I know when I'm going to send the shock. So if I send a low to medium shock, it's going to startle you a hell of a lot more. No, very true. And so when, when we start going off on tangents or we start getting distracted or you start reading Facebook, then I can be like, all right, uh, zap. But also if the question becomes like, is mine going to be worse or equal? If, if it's less, then it's like, oh, that's no problem. That, that would be right. I get like, a little bit, which is OK, but you get a lot. That's be interesting. I do enjoy that that Kate said uh Kate thought that this was an obvious answer that we would absolutely do it, but I'm oh. not I'm not trying to be mean to Andy. Just sometimes you need a carrot and sometimes you need a stick. Would there be a carrot? I mean, this is a pretty heavy stick. <laughs> this, is, this is all stick. There's no carrot on this one. Right. So what would the carrot be? <coughs> could we could we send something to the co-host when when we did something we liked? I don't know what the carrot would be. It would be, uh... Can I just get, like, chocolate to appear on Andy's desk? Steam credits. Steam credits? What, like, send you money? Yes. Okay. Send you, like, five cents at a time? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, not, the, well, not a lot, but still Well, especially if, if whatever I send you, I get the same thing. Oh. Right? Because that's the whole thing with the shocks, is if I shock you, I get shocked back. Yes, I know, but the money is not appearing out of nowhere. Well, but, but, it, but it should. <laughs> With no, these same rules. 50 cents, no... nothing. Here, Andy, have 20 bucks. And then suddenly 20 bucks appears in your account? What the hell? I, okay. I am no. going to buy the entire Steam library. Money has to come from somewhere, and most likely it will come from us. Mm, okay, so we need a different carrot. Yes. I still like the idea of food as a carrot. But then the food has to come from somewhere. Well, but what can we do? I mean, I guess instead of a jolt of electricity, you could, like... Send a jolt of pleasure, I guess? I don't know. No, I'm going to nix that one. Okay. Like, just a feel-good? How? I don't know. How am I sending a jolt of electricity? Um, we've got electrodes strapped to us, and it's connected to something on the internet. That sounds like a bad idea. We just did an entire episode about hacking. <laughs> Not an entire episode, just part of an episode. Part of an episode about hacking. Um, I, I, yeah. I don't think I would I would shock Andy. When Andy annoys me, it's usually because either I'm wrong, which is fine, or it's a good opportunity as a teaching moment, which is fine, or it adds flavor to the show, which is fine. I don't know. Us shocking each other might add some sort of flavor to the show. God damn it, son of a ho- no. Zap, ah, son of a- Dave, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Ow! Piece of shit! Do it back to you! <laughs> See, that's the problem. That's what would end up happening, though, is that we'd just start, like, one-upping each other and sending bigger and bigger and bigger shocks. Wasn't there a Simpsons episode like that? Yes. They go to family therapy and they all start just shocking each other? Yep. It was one of the early episodes. Oh. We'd end up shocking each other to the point where, like, we were just screaming in pain. Comes down to who has the higher pain tolerance. That's an excellent question. I don't know who has the higher pain tolerance. I don't know. I don't really care to find out either, Andy. <laughs> Stop. I didn't say anything. Did I know not what say you did. a word. I know you didn't. That's why I knew what you were thinking. All right. Um, I think that's it. All right. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>